You're listening to Satellite Sisters News Talk and Laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time. I'm Leanne Dolan, and I'm here in Los Angeles with my sister, Liz Dolan. What's happening this morning, Liz? Well, I was a little late arriving at the studio, Leanne, because I was so down the, like, Beyonce rabbit hole. For for the last 48 hours since her Coachella performance, I could not tear myself away from those videos. I know. I know we're going to discuss later. With everything else going on in the news, we always have Beyonce. Yes. Think of it that way. That's how I think. Of it. All right. We do. That's have... why she is our queen. Yes. <laughs> we do have a full. Speaking of queens, Liz, we have a guest uh, on the show today. Oh my God. This is super <laughs> exciting. I cannot wait. It feels a little hollow. You may notice just two of us on the show today. We'll tell you why in a bit. Julie is not here because this is really Julie's kind of show. We're going to be talking to Kristen Meinzer of the podcast When Meghan Met Harry, the delightful royal wedding podcast. It's a royal wedding cast, Leanne. Could not be more fun. So we're happy to have Kristen on the show. She's coming on later. She's even more excited about the royal wedding than we are, which is hard to imagine (laughs) because, you know, we're super excited about this event. Liz, we have a health and wellness block we're doing Mm -hmm. today. I'm going to tell you the key to preventing brain shrinkage. And I <laughs> Oh no, I'm supposed to worry about brain shrinkage? I didn't even know I thought everything else on me is either shrinking or growing. And we <laughs> the wrong things are growing and the wrong things are shrinking. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so, I hadn't even considered that my brain could be shrinking. Me neither. And it's a pretty simple fix, but you're gonna have to think about it. Okay. So we've got that. You have an operation sea turtle update. Yeah. I have pitch of the week. This okay. is Is that a good pitch or a bad pitch? It's, it's. I think it's a good pitch. It's okay. a good. It's an unexpected Mother's Day gift. <laughs> Does every mom really need one of these? That's what I would say to the PR team that okay. pitched us this. I okay. don't know about that. Uh, but first, we have some great Satellite Sisters in the news. I mean, we do. I mean, it was just like it was a lot of headlines about a lot of great women over the weekend and yesterday. Uh, but first, Julie's news. Yes. Should we go with Urban Nana's news? Let's do it. Urban Nana is not with us today. Julie Dolan is in Brooklyn, New York today on assignment because her granddaughter, to be named later, apparently. (laughs) Baby girl TBD. (laughs) Baby girl TBD was born on Sunday. Julie texted us immediately. She's super excited. So she flew up to New York yesterday to be on hand for whatever they might need. So we do not know baby girl's name yet. No. Um, But she is healthy. Mom is healthy. Everyone looks good. Yeah. Congratulations to Lauren and Will and big sister Josephine and baby girl TBD. (laughs) (laughs) Julie posted on our Facebook page she was packing up her new bag with ravioli. So she, (laughs) I mean, she has become our mother. That she's flying with food readily available in the destination city. Yeah, because there's no food in Brooklyn. (laughs) Ravioli in particular. (laughs) But that's wonderful news. So we don't have any, she she really must be busy because we've gotten no correspondence since she landed. Yeah. So no, she's got her hands full. Yeah. So we're waiting, maybe during the show, we'll get a text that tells us the name of baby girl TBD. Yeah. But that's, you know, they're very thoughtful parents. I know. It took them three days last time. And Josephine is a very fine name, so yeah. it was worth the three days. Yeah. So that's we don't know what's happening, but everyone's healthy, and that's the important thing. And they have ravioli, and that's <laughs> that's important too, Liz. All right. Other Satellite Sisters in the news, so many great ones over the last two or three days, but come on, Beyonce at Coachella. <laughs> I, like, could not tear myself away from those videos of her performance at Coachella this weekend. And even though I'm like totally not hip enough to ever even consider going to Coachella. Yeah. But 
Queen Bay I know. totally did it up. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm sure you watched. Well, first of all, it's a pretty good argument for a good maternity leave. Yes. Because <laughs> I mean, she's supposed to headline last year, yes. but she was pregnant. So, you know, she's been laying low, and apparently her maternity leave has been slightly different than most of us. <laughs> Many of our maternity leaves do not result in a show like that. <laughs> I think I was just so surprised because you think of the word festival and Coachella, and I know it's an arts festival as well. They build it as that. I've never been, but my kids have been and lots of my friends have been. And I just didn't think there were that many production values that happened out there in the desert. But yeah. she had like... She's Beyonce. Uh, she doesn't care what normally happens I mean, in the desert. I guess not. 110 people, on, literally 110 people on stage with their college bands, dancers, her old band, her new band, her sister. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. First of all, she comes out as Nefertiti. Please. <laughs> you know, I just love that. And then she changes into the, like, college gear. Yeah. So I was very curious. Like, the, she's got the three Greek letters on her chest. A lot of this was sort of in reference to historically black colleges. But do you know, on her th- letters are Beta Delta Kappa, Leon. And do you know why? No. Okay, I'll tell you why. Beta Kappa, those are her initials. Oh, okay. Beyonce Knowles. Got it. And Delta is a reference to her favorite number four. And I huh. totally don't know what that means. Like, oh. what? why is Delta associated with four? I think it's the fourth letter of the Greek alphabet. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. You were a classics major yes. in college. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. So, that, so it's a secret code to, like, creatures all over the universe. <laughs> when she comes out with the Beta Delta Kappa, like, that's sending some kind of signal out, yeah. right? And then... Do not try to recreate that outfit, though, Liz. I'm just... <laughs> I don't. Not even the boots? Nope. Uh, Come on. I don't want to see you be so inspired that you think, (laughs) I can pull that off. A couple more weeks of aqua aerobics? (laughs) I got that. No. Do not wear that to the L.A. Times Festival of Books. <laughs> Even as a joke. Do not do it. It would not be funny. Nope. No. But no. those those boots were awesome. Yeah. I mean, just all, every part of it. I, I did try to imagine what was it like to rehearse that show. Like, where did they where do did that? Where did they do it? How did they do that? It was such a spectacle. It must have been in an airport hangar somewhere. Must have been. Yeah. I mean, that and... I, I would imagine it took a couple of weeks. I mean, that was a fully choreographed, fully oh. conceived, you know, production. So just the actual rehearsal probably yes. took a couple of weeks. Yeah. And she did not stop. I mean, I I was only watching clips, so I can only imagine it was a two-hour show. I yeah. mean, again, woman just had a baby. I don't <laughs> I kept going back. And she sang note note to singers on pitch the entire time like she yeah. didn't hit a bad note it can be done and that wind was blowing in her hair and oh my gosh she just had so much going on so i do want to say to all of the musicians and dancers and singers and drum lines and violinists on stage with her this was the highlight of your life yeah okay <laughs> so i hate to tell you it's all downhill from here but like you had that moment on stage with queen bay i would savor that just yeah, savor that. Yeah, it's hard to imagine you're going to get another chance to perform in a spectacle as as fantastic as that. Right, Liz. I did notice, you know, because we're close to uh, not that close. We're two hours away from Coachella, but I was surprised, like how many of the stores around town were all geared up for festival gear? You like, you know, really? dresses and those skirts and gauzy things and things. <laughs> To put on your just head. Just like hippie chick like, stuff you're supposed to wear. Even at Target. I was like, are, really? Are people coming into Target to buy their Coachella wear? 
I don't I don't think so. But that was like a whole thing this week. Like, what are we going to wear to the festival? And again, she won. So yes. wear whatever you want to the festival because no one's <laughs> no looking, one's at, looking you. at you. <laughs> so. And then she followed up her triumphant performance by announcing $100,000 in scholarships for historically black colleges. Oh, Just, she did? Yes. Because that's how she rolls. All right. That's what I just printed out on our free printer here at the studio. (laughs) I don't print things at home anymore. (laughs) Anyway, she was awesome. Right. Nefertiti, Queen Bay. Yeah. We we are not worthy. It was was a good way to spend the weekend. There were other highly publicized interviews I did not turn into. (laughs) But the highly... We certainly won't be discussing here on Satellite Sisters. But we, uh, we were happy to tune into that. Also, really exciting news yesterday. The Pulitzer Prizes were announced. Yes. And Caroline Fraser, who we had on the show six weeks ago, won a Pulitzer Prize for her fantastic biography of Laura Ingalls Wilder, Prairie Fires. She freaking won a Pulitzer Prize. I know. I know. That was amazing that that's the book we picked. And we picked that book in November. Yeah. So it's not like we knew. Right. But I guess you knew. We I picked mean, it th- kind of sight. I had read the reviews. We picked it sight unseen. But it was like, this seems like a great topic for us. Boy, this is really getting, you know, one, two really good reviews. Yeah. But I mean, and she sort of laughed it off when we spoke to her about the Pulitzer. Like, oh, but she won. <laughs> I mean, that must be great. Yeah. That must be fantastic. So if you haven't had time to read the book. Yeah. That's okay. You can just listen to our interview. Right. That's <laughs> true. Go, if you want to totally catch up on why that book won a Pulitzer, listen to Leanne interview her on Satellite Sisters. That's all online. Just go to SatelliteSisters.com and you can find that show and listen. She was fascinating. And the research in that book, I know people were like, oh, slogging a little. You know, it's a deeply researched book, as I kept saying, but it was all... You know, she went to like courthouses in the middle of nowhere and got all the, you know, transaction records. That's how she was able to piece together Laura Ingalls Wilder's life for parts of it. Like, oh, they bought a house here. or They filed for bankruptcy here. or They took a bank loan out here. Like, that is not easy research to Mm. do. I mean, she really went for it. So I would also like shout out to the Satellite Sisters who posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group their pictures of visiting Laura Ingalls Wilder's home. Yes. So that's in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group if you want to catch up. Like, you don't have to go as far as Caroline Fraser went to like go to like city records. Just go to the homes. Right. That sounded like a like a fun trip. Yeah. Read the book. Go to the homes. And then also in the Pulitzers, we want to shout out to the the reporters at the New York Times who did all of the groundbreaking uh, investigation of the Bill O'Reilly case and the Harvey Weinstein case. And so that's Emily Steele, Jody Cantor and Megan Toohey and a lot of other reporters, too. We've talked about them on the air a lot. Uh, those three women, that's the panel that I went to yeah. when I heard them talk about all of the reporting and how they really dug deep to get that story and what it took for them to get. Some of the women in the story who came forward had never come forward before, had always said that they just did not feel safe coming forward and using their names. And these are three of the women, women among other men and women at the Times who really uh, encouraged people to come forward and speak their truth. And so I was very happy to see that they were recognized for that very hard work, which has created this cultural moment we are in. So, right. And so Ronan Farrow was also recognized. Oh, that's that right. Yes. But um, if you want to, if you, if, after you finish watching the Beyonce highlights, then go read <laughs> Jody Cantor's speech in, in the newsroom yesterday. Talk about a tearjerker. Really? Yeah, okay. it's great. <laughs> Crying just thinking of it. <laughs> So well done, sisters. Yeah. We like that. And all of the other Pulitzer winners. It must be hugely exciting. Then to subscribe just... to a newspaper. Yes. You know? 
Right. Subscribe to a newspaper because every week there are great stories in the newspaper. Right. right. Another so, paper that got a Pulitzer was the Santa Rosa paper here in California that covered the horrific wildfires. And, you know, when you're like the small local newspaper and you have something like that happen and you cover it as thoroughly and as completely and as quickly as they did, it's really great to see just hometown newspapers get recognized for how important they are. And that takes a lot of resources at a time when staffs of hometown newspapers are getting cut and cut and cut. Mm -hmm. So subscribe to your hometown newspaper and a big major metropolitan newspaper. And to satellites. And to satellites. Because we read all those papers in case you don't have time. We see that as part of our mission. We read the papers. And we tell you about the things you would want to read if you had time to read the papers. And a free podcast, people. It's free. <laughs> All right. More Satellite Sisters in the news yesterday. It was the Boston Marathon. It's it's always, always on a fun a, event. Uh, on Monday, Patriots Day there in Boston. And unbelievably, the American women just killed it. I mean, a woman, American woman hasn't won the Boston Marathon in 33 years. Okay, and that there have been a lot of great world class runners that have won that marathon. They're fantastic Mm. runners. But it was super nice to see this Des Linden, who'd come in second a couple times, finished second in the Olympic trials, get her due. The weather was terrible. Terrible. Conditions were terrible. It was a relatively slow pace. I mean, 239. Uh, Yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) Okay. You try that. But it made it a tactical race, Liz. Tactical. And so, but there were seven out of the top eight finishers were were women. That is really a surprising result. Yeah. The the number two finisher, Sarah Sellers, she is not even a professional runner. She's a nurse in Boston. I saw that you tweeted out that story and said, this is amazing. I had no idea. So she's really just like a... She's a nurse. A hobbyist? Yes. (laughs) She ran a 244. So my guess is that somewhere along the way, she did a lot of running and a lot of training. Yeah. But um, she's... And she won... She didn't even know she won (laughs) $75,000. And so she said she's going to use it to pay off her student loans. Oh, that is great. Yeah. Oh, that makes me very happy. Yeah. So keep running. Way to go, American women. That was really fun to see. And then in light of the fact that Julie is not here, I just want to acknowledge Barbara Bush. Yes. Yeah. That was sad news about Barbara Bush being so sick that now she's just getting what they called comfort care. But I liked on the feed last night on the scroll on the mom says she's still feisty. Yes. You know, I imagine Barbara Bush is a lot like our mom. She's going to go out. The way she's lived the last night on her own years. terms, <laughs> on her own terms. Yes, there's not going to be any deathbed conversion of feisty <laughs> fighting Barbara Bush. You know, I, I, I over the weekend when it broke on Twitter, I, I saw, you know, I was just following the hashtag and I, I saw some guy. I don't know who he was. I literally don't know who he was. But he was like, oh, Barbara Bush, you were from a simpler time. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> she, no, she wasn't. That that's the kind of weird nostalgia that's like vaguely sexist. And, yes, right, and just, exactly. And so filled with a lack of historical knowledge, it just makes me crazy when people say <laughs> things like that. Because you're thinking maybe the Depression and World War II and raising all those children, and also being extremely outspoken yes. on a lot of issues. Yes, you can agree with her politics or not, but like she said, what was on her mind? She didn't keep her mouth shut. No, uh, you know she lived in Midland, Texas. I mean, like. <laughs> 
That's not easy. So you're awarding special points for that? Well, I mean, I don't think it was easy to live in Midland, Texas in the middle Back of in the, the century. Yeah. I read on her Wikipedia page that she'd moved 29 times with the wow. six kids. Wow. So, and then she gave an iconic speech at Wellesley. Google yes. it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's fantastic. It's considered one of the, um, like, 100 best rhetorical speeches of the 20th century. And you know who was sitting there next to her? Gorbachev's wife. Really? When she gave that speech in 1990, yeah, they had both received honorary wow. doctorates from Wellesley. Now, Mrs. Bush went to Smith. Julie would be mad if we didn't say that. She <laughs> went to Smith. She did not graduate because she left to marry George when he was on leave from World War II. Mm-hmm. She grew wow. up in Rye, New York. I don't know if you knew that. I where, didn't know that. Where our cousins lived, went yeah. to Rye Country Day. But e- a simpler time. No. Well, get over yourself. No. <laughs> And in that iconic 1990 speech, she actually had a great quote that she said, you know, maybe there's someone in the audience right now here at Wellesley that's going to grow up and do what I did, become the spouse of the president of the United States. And I wish him all the best. (laughs) Killer. I mean, that's a killer line. I know. You do have to give her credit. That's a killer line. Yes. So we wish you all the best, Mrs. Bush. And the whole Bush family. Yes. Okay, so what do we have coming up? We did want to mention that this weekend we are uh, appearing at the L.A. Times Festival of Books. I say we. It's it's me plus you, me on my other show, plus you as a guest on my other show. Yes. So Safe for Work, which is the workplace advice show that I do uh, with co-host Matt Ritter. We're doing a live show Saturday, April 21st, 10.30 a.m. in the Annenberg Auditorium at the L.A. Times Festival of Books. So 10.30 to 11.30, we'll be doing a live show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have Sarah Benincasa is a guest, and our very own Leon Dolan will be a guest. I was just working on my material in the ladies' room, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very specific assignment, a yes. list of things. I got one for the list. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> got it. Working on my working on my material, Liz. Okay, so 10.30 to 11.30, you can do that if you're at the L.A. Times Festival book. And at noon, Leon and I are both going to be at booth number 103. That's the Prospect Park Books booth. And we will be signing books. We will be signing copies of You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. And also, I assume, Leon, you'll be signing your novels. I will. Helen of Pasadena and Elizabeth the First Wife. Yes. Okay. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. (laughs) Because because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? 
Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like- going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. So, you know, we're up against Diana Gabaldon or whatever. Gabaldon. Who is that? Gabaldon. The woman who wrote Outlander. Oh, <laughs> she's also appearing at noon. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Okay. Whatever. Stop by if you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on your way to see... Diana G. <laughs> Someone <Bye-bye>. better. Yes. <laughs> um, also, Liz, we just want to mention we're on a wide range of platforms. Yeah. You know, whatever you listen to us on, fantastic. Let us know. Um, but we're on NPR One now. Yes. We're which is on, very exciting. Uh, we're on Stitcher. You know that. Uh-huh. We're on uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. We're on Spotify, which a is. A lot of people are listening to us on Spotify. Yes. So if you get a chance to post in the Facebook group about where you listen and what your experience is, that's kind of fun. We're also on Overcast. That's another one that people are listening to. There's Pod This and Pod That, whatever. And uh, your smart speakers, as they say now, because we're not allowed to say the A name. Oh. Because then the smart speakers start to talk oh, back okay. to you. So all of that is in the works. But try Spotify. Try NPR One and let us know how that's working for you. Right. And don't uh, forget to share the sisters. We oh, appreciate yes. that. We're so shareable. That's but- the one thing we ask of you. Well, besides listening. Of course. <laughs> Listen and share. That's the Satellite Sisters way. <laughs> All right. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Kristen Meisner about the royal wedding. It's very wow. exciting. Yes. They, she and the podcast that they, she and her co-host James do is very funny. And they have some fantastic predictions. <laughs> Predictions. The predictions are over the top. They are. I, I hope they all come true. <laughs> I hope they all come true. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. 
Got it. Rock okay. the body, Liz. Rock that body. <laughs> Thank you, Shanti. I know you're talking just to me. All right. We're back. Liz and Leanne here. Liz, very excited to talk to Kristen Meinzer. So excited. Liz, she's a podcast pioneer. You we are. We decided. We're yes. welcoming her into oh. the club. She's been in the I trenches. I feel like you've been our, in our pod world forever, Kristen. Yeah, you've been producing for a long time, contributing to other podcasts. Uh, you're sort of at the, the intersection of arts and culture and People magazine. You know, that's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like one of the best compliments I've ever received. <laughs> Seriously, I, I'm just going to get that embroidered on a pillow right now. <laughs> she is the co-host of two co- podcasts. One is By the Book. That is a very charming, entertaining podcast about living Wildly through self-help yes. books. She is also the co-host of When Megan Met Harry. Uh, that is a podcast about the royal wedding. And your co-host there is James Barr. We're very happy to have you on Satellite Sisters. So what's the deal with you and the royal family? How, how long, how deep is that relationship? Oh, my gosh. This relationship goes all the way back to, I'm I'm very, very, very young childhood. I think that the first wedding I was ever aware of, either in the TV world or just in the world in general, was Diana marrying Charles. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the whole world was watching that. And I remember watching the made-for-television movies also. Do you remember okay. there was one with Catherine Oxford from yes. Dynasty? Oh, yes. There were so right. many made-for-television <laughs> movies. And then I also remember sitting down with my nana and reading all of the gossip rags. She and I used to read the gossip rags together, and that's part of how I learned how to read was through the National Enquirer <laughs> and Star Magazine and all of those. And so this was a major part of my pop culture understanding, uh, world history, international <laughs> relations, yeah. romance, um, everything. Everything was kind of wrapped up in that wedding, including that big, giant dress of hers. That which was unbelievable. I think at the time, as a little kid, I must have not thought was hideous. But as a grown-up, I've come to think that was not a good dress. <laughs> I know. She was Quite only 19. She was so young. Come on. You know? Yeah. I mean, 19-year-olds make mistakes. Also, it was the 80s. Yeah. yeah there were different standards back then. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that also explains, Christian, your reverence for the sources that you cite on your podcast, because you speak about Us Weekly and and Daily Mail. And I like when you cite like Refinery 29 (laughs) (laughs) as your sources for your royal news of the week. I mean, you really you really enjoy those kind of news sources, don't you? That's a thing for you. Absolutely. I mean, I love all of those news sources. Every night before I go to bed, I actually just spend time perusing the Daily Mail, that horrible rag, and yeah. reading the latest about Megan and her terrible older half-sister who we sometimes talk about on the show, Samantha. Yes, you do. Yeah. There's yes. always something about her. She is the worst. She's the absolute worst. <laughs> well, yeah. don't you think, um, if this is a fairy tale wedding, don't you think every fairy tale has an evil character? Don't you think that's oh, what Samantha is? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She she wishes that she were the one walking down the aisle, but you know what? She's off in the closet trying to get the shoe to fit, and it's never going to fit. <laughs> never going to fit, Samantha. You sit back there, stay at home. You're never going to be famous. Was the, she invited Cinderella to the wedding? Will not fit. Was she invited to the wedding? I don't think so. Okay. Every source that we have come across has said, no, she's not coming to the wedding. Refinery 29, what do they say? <laughs> Supposedly, she is going to try to be a correspondent for some news network oh, in the UK. Okay. That, that's something we've read. Yeah. Okay. Imagine if she came to the wedding and then hooked up with Camilla. 
And the two of them. Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh, no. Who we previously believed was the most evil character in the royal family, Kristen. (laughs) Julie has a particular thing with Camilla. I I used to think so, too, but our listeners have um, said they don't like it when I say that. So we try not to talk too much about my suspicions about Camilla. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah, but... But it's safe here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amongst us, I'm just going to say, yeah, Camilla. I'm more okay with her than I used to be, but... Um, I, I think that Samantha's really the villain in this story. Okay. All right. Um, you know, your co-host is James Barr. Where did you find James? He's delightful. I love him. Like, how did you oh guys gosh, connect? Oh, my gosh. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's wonderful. Yes. We met through a mutual friend, and we don't usually say who that friend is because we like to keep it mysterious. Okay. Way, you know, Megan and Harry keep it mysterious. But I'm going <laughs> to tell you a secret right here who yes. that friend was his co-host for his other podcast, oh. A Gay and a Non-Gay. Okay. He's the, one, huh? He's the connecting tissue there. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> connecting tissue. Writing that down. <laughs> and he's also, for, for our listeners who haven't listened to When Megan Met Harry yet, he's a ginger and talks a lot about being a ginger, which seems to be very important to his identity. It is. And as a matter of fact, he's talked about this before at length with me. I don't know how often he mentions it on the show, but he was uh, bullied quite a bit growing up as a ginger. And it meant a lot to him to see this other very popular, handsome young man in the world who was so respected and whose mother loved him so much and the world loved him so much. And when Princess Di passed away, he and his mother actually went and placed flowers down for her because um, his life... Um, kind of James saw himself in his life in some way, even though his mother didn't die tragically the way Princess Di did, fortunately. But um, so James always saw a little bit of himself in Harry. And I am an American woman of color. And so there are certain things about um, Megan's experience that also really resonate with me. Just the whole idea that this royal family, which for so long, for 1300 years, has for all public purposes, remained very, very, very white, regardless of who the Commonwealth included, who they were conquering, who they were pillaging. And now the royal family can maybe look just a tiny bit more like the rest of us, a little bit more like those of us who are not in the royal family. But maybe the royal family now is eventually going to be more like the people they rule. It's really something, isn't it? When you think about it, I mean, I know it's I know it's a royal. I know wedding. we have a lot of fun about it. I but know, yes. but it's really something. That she, first of all, she's an American. That she's mixed race. That she's a Californian. Californian, yay! You know, yeah. <laughs> she's divorced. She's an actress. Like she checks yes. all the boxes you never thought would be checked in a royal yes. wedding. All so, in one go. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. something. Yeah, she's very she's engaging. amazing. And that's what yeah. comes across in your podcast is that you adore her. And that's, <laughs> oh, we just love her so much. And I mean, we love that she's so unconventional. And of course, why wouldn't Harry end up with somebody unconventional? But she's somebody unconventional who's still just so much better than the rest of us. Like, she's so <laughs> drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. She's been a humanitarian and a feminist out on the front lines since she was 11. Oh, my God. What 11 year old versions of ourselves would be out on the front lines for feminism? Um, I, I wish I would have been on the front lines at 11. I had thoughts in my mind, I'm sure at that point. But I'm sure I was also not even thinking I could call up Procter and Gamble and have them change their advertising policy to be more inclusive and you know animal rights children in the developing world she does so much so i i i think that harry sometimes is marrying up <laughs> <laughs>
He really <laughs> is getting a great catch here. <laughs> you know, Kristen, we had Tina Brown on the show a couple months ago. And Ooh. she did, I know, she did that great book on Di- Princess Day, and I'm sure you've read it. And oh, yeah. so we had, they had just announced their engagement. We had a chance to ask her about this. And she said many of the same things you did. Like, so you're totally in line with Tina Brown. But I asked her a question. I don't think she heard it right. So I'm going to ask it of you. Do you think they'll allow her to continue to act? Do you think she'll ever be an actress again? No, and she has essentially said she's going to retire now. Okay. Her career as an actor is over, but her career as a humanitarian um, on the front lines of causes, that's going to go up even more, and that's always been very, very important to her. As I was saying, at 11, she was already on the front lines there. She's been continuing that her whole life. It's been important to her. Her mom is very much a humanitarian. Her mom's a social worker. Yeah. And so for her to continue on that path, I don't think is going to be a disappointment to her. It's always been very central to who she is. So if she's not acting, she's going to still be out in the world. And in a tiny way, she might still be acting. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. the, the way right. you have to be in the world at all of these public events, at all of these photo ops, all these moments that she's shaking hands and giving interviews, she's still going to have to use a lot of those skills that she honed in Hollywood. And you mentioned on the podcast, um, your podcast with Megan Matt Harry, that when they did those engagement photos, she brought it like a movie star. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? God. Those were so sexy. I know. They're like a Calvin Klein ad yeah. or some sort of, oh, or they're almost like underwear ads, yes. but they're wearing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hot. So hot. All right. Let, let's it. let's get to what we should do for the wedding. Are, are you going to actually go to London for the wedding? Are you going to be on James's couch? What's happening there? Yes. So <laughs> Yay! My, my my dear husband, actually, who is a Kiwi and who has his own thoughts about the royal family, which uh-huh. we won't go into, yes. um, he and I are going to fly to London and then we're going to go to Windsor for the wedding and be in the streets with the masses. Um, we already have our fascinators that we ordered and they're beautiful. They arrived a few days ago oh, gosh. and we're going to dress up. We're going to cheer and we have this bingo board that we put together for the podcast when Megan met Harry, which includes all of our predictions for the wedding. And every time something happens on the bingo board, you can check it off and take a drink from your Pim's cup. And then, of course, you'll be totally wasted when you see that Serena Williams is a bridesmaid. I know. And our prediction that Harry's coming in on a horse happens. When you see oh. all these things come true, you'll be drunk, drunk, drunk and cheering with us. We could not love your predictions yeah. more, Kristen. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> Harry in uniform some of them on are a horse. little bit outlandish, but some of them really are going to come true. Mark our words. They will come true. I mean, Serena Williams as a bridesmaid would be great. Do that they be... know each other? Is there a relationship? Oh, yeah. There? Oh, okay. They're good friends. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're good friends. Okay. All right. Uh, any any further predictions you want to share here? I know, I know that's well, what you do in your podcast. So. We definitely think that Doria is going to walk her down the aisle. Okay. And mom. Her mom. We, For those of yeah. people not following along as closely as that's her great mom. Okay. Yeah. That's her wonderful mother, yeah. her wonderful mother who she's incredibly close to. We think Doria is going to walk her down the aisle. Um, some other predictions. We believe that the queen is going to wear blue. She wears blue to a very large percentage of public functions. And while the last couple of weddings she has not worn blue, we think it's time to come back around to blue again. So expect the queen to wear blue. Yeah. And, um, oh, gosh, we've made so many predictions about the bouquet, about so many other things. Yeah. Uh One item that the bouquet is going to have, we've predicted, is myrtle and I can't remember even why. Lindsay, what, do you remember what that was about? My producer, <laughs> a second. 
<laughs> just making stuff up. That's fine. Myrtle. That's great. That's yeah. good. That's good Seems enough. Seems like us. a good idea. <laughs> um, I, I I think we said Myrtle because one of the was that what Princess Di carried in her oh. bouquet? Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I th- I think we said Myrtle because um Princess Diana carried Myrtle in Oh no no, I'm sorry. Um if you don't mind my taking that back. Um yeah, and we also predicted that her bouquet will have Myrtle because pretty much every bride in the royal family has had Myrtle in their bouquet since I think Princess I think since Queen Victoria. So Myrtle's been very common. Um and yeah, that yeah. So that those are a few of our predictions. All right, the this is the, the kind bouquet, of detail you get. The blue, on, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. yeah, this is the kind of detail you get on Kristen's podcast. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and wait, you said we have our fascinators. Does that mean you and James will both be wearing fascinators? Yes, he picked out a beautiful blush pink. He wears pink a lot, and he looks fantastic in it because okay. he's got that pale skin and that ginger hair that makes yeah. him so handsome. Okay, good. So we have a pale pink one for him. And for me, I have to confess that I ordered two. I may do a costume change partway through the day. Mm. One is a fantastic peacock blue, and I do have a peacock blue dress that matches that. And the other is, um, it's almost like a head bouquet. It has a lot of flowers and butterflies and other exciting things happening. So um, that sounds we'll see good. what I end up doing. Oh, yeah. They're now, both great. We're our, very excited. Our sister Julie couldn't be here today because she just had a grandchild. And she is our uh, in Brooklyn. She flew off yesterday to, <laughs> to be Urban Nana. And she really is our royal watcher. And she's been um, listening devotedly to your show. And she's concerned, oh. actually, about you and James and what's going to happen after the wedding. Have you guys thought about what might fill the void? What's, what's going to well, go on, do you think? It does come up occasionally. Actually, yeah. just last week, James brought it up, and then he got a little bit emotional and verklempt, and we said, we don't have to talk about it now. We don't have to talk <laughs> about it. But my my answer to this is always, love never dies, and especially the love between these two, which will be the greatest love we ever experience in the royal family. This is true. such uh-huh. a profound, deep love that the whole world benefits from. It's mm-hmm. not like it's going to evaporate after the wedding. That's just the first day. And then it's going to keep growing and multiplying. And when they have their beautiful, perfect babies, which are going to oh, be yeah. the best-looking royal babies in all of human history, yes, um, yes. we'll have that to celebrate. There's okay. always going to be more to celebrate. So, so there's always going to be gonna news. Go You're always going to be able to go to your sources and, and come back with news to share. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Page six, that's still going to be there. Yes. It's not going away. <laughs> Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today on Satellite Sisters. We really enjoyed talking to you. Anything else? Oh, my Do gosh. you have one drink tip for us? Because you guys recommend a lot of gin on the show. Yeah. And I have to say, for the West Coast California sisters, that's going to be rough for us at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. We are there. Your gin no. cocktails. Here's mm. my secret for you gals and other friends out there on the West Coast. My tip for the West Coasters is... Just don't go to bed that night. Yeah. Okay. Stay up all night. Be partying. Drink gin all night. And then if you want to, you can do one of the popular parties that I know is happening is the pajama and tiara party. So just drink all night in your pajamas. Then drink and then spend the rest of the day just passed out (laughs) in your fuzzy slippers with your tiaras on or your fascinators. Either way. Oh, Oh, But then your show also suggested that we rent corgis for the party, too. So I may do that. It's Hollywood. I'm sure there are corgis corgis, That would be fantastic. If you can do it. Yeah. We applaud that decision if you're going to do that. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? 
my hair, Liz, my hair from pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SAT Sisters at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. 
So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right. Our guest has been Kristen Meisner. Have a fantastic couple of weeks, this big run up yeah. to the wedding. That must be exciting for you. You must be in production overdrive. <laughs> and then really enjoy your time there at Windsor. Do you think you might Thank get you a so much, secret guys. backdoor invitation to any of the receptions? <laughs> James, have um, any calls? Well, we don't have any secret invitations yet. But yeah. we're going to see if maybe we can put on little masks maybe. And it'll be like, oh, hold on. Is that the queen? And it'll be James. <laughs> and we can sneak into a building then. Yeah, hopefully. Have fun. We want to read about that in the headlines. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kristen. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We're the Satellite Sisters. Okay, now we're back, and you wanted to start with this week's uh, Pitch of the Week, Leah. I know, i got to find it. So we go in our our email box, we get all kinds of crazy suggestions from people about what we should talk about on the show. Occasionally one just jumps out to us, and this one jumped out to you this week. Yeah, well, it says, the headline is, Moms Love Beer, Want (laughs) Want Fresh Pours. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, maybe in the rest of the country, growlers are not a thing. But in the Pacific Northwest, where there's a lot of craft beer, yes. people walk around. They fill up. It's a it's a called a growler. It's like a personal keg. Okay. Yes. It's a personal keg, Liz. Right. Uh, yes, it is. You yeah. go you go into your craft brewery, you fill it up, and then you take it home, presumably mm-hmm. to drain the keg. Well, this pitch is: What does Mom want for this Mother's Day? A personalized keg, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. According to growlerworks.com, <laughs> where they make beautiful growlers, but yeah. they're saying, oh, moms, they don't want another, you know, frame, picture frame. They don't want a heart with their initials on it. No, they want a personalized keg. Keg of beer. So they go home and drain the keg at their leisure. Well, Liz. on Mother's Day, maybe you do want to do that. There are probably plenty of moms that would like to kick back and drink beer all day on Mother's Day. I don't know, Liz. No, I think I'm it, not a mother, I so think, I could be totally I think wrong. a heart with my initials on it would be really nice. <laughs> it just it just seemed like a funny gift for Mother's Day, really. Uh-huh. I mean, you're right. Beer is delicious occasionally. Yes. But I just, the thought of a lot of moms with kegs of beer at home, <laughs> I don't know. But they are nice kegs. So there you go. Pitch of the week. Nice try. Okay. Nice try, Growler. You know, you know, for Mother's Day, you can also go to the Satellite Sister shop. There I you would go, suggest Liz. that. Instead of a growler of beer, you know, I think she wants a nice Satellite Sisters hat or a stay noisy sweatshirt or something. So you can do that from our website or from our Facebook page. So how about that? Yeah. Okay. Now we're going into speaking of beer, health and wellness, Leon, <laughs> because you, you were going to tell me how to prevent my brain from shrinking. I'm guessing. Not drinking a growler full of beer would be one way well, to Liz, prevent my brain from shrinking. Maybe if you drink it standing up, then maybe you'll be fine. Really? All right. Interesting new study that just came out, Liz. Uh, if you want to maintain your memory. and pre- Who doesn't? Right. And prevent brain, brain shrinkage. Okay. Oh God. Brain shrinkage. This is what you want to do. You want to stand up as much as you can. Research- just stand up. That's all. This is it. This is the funny kind of interesting key. Now, it was a small study. Only 36 people. Okay, but I'll take okay, it. Okay, start somewhere. So right. you got to start somewhere, Liz. Okay? They're, they're working on a bigger study now. But uh, 36 people, healthy brains, 45 to 75. Okay? These are researchers at UCLA. And they looked at brain activity, and they were able to measure, you know, the plumpness of your brain. That's what you want, Liz. 
Other parts of your body you don't want plump, your brain, you want to maintain the, pl- the plumpness. You know what? I'm guessing I have that totally in the reverse of my body. I'm just, that's just my prediction. Skinny brain. <laughs> Skinny brain, plump body. I think that's what I'm dealing with. So researchers found, they did a self-reported thing. How much do you sit during the day? They found that people who sat 10 hours, you know, they looked at people sat between three and 10 hours a day. This is not sleeping, sitting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was about the maximum you want to sit a day is 10 hours. If you jump up to 15 hours a day of sitting, which can happen right. for people in our sedentary lifestyle, your brain shrinks by 10%. Really? Yes. That's a lot. Your brain shrinks an extra 2% for every hour you, you sit during the day. Oh. And what's really interesting about this study, Liz, is because you're going to say, well, what about exercise? You know, we've always heard that exercise is good yeah. for brains, right? It is good. But it does not counteract the sitting. So if you are getting all that aerobic exercise you're supposed to be doing, you know, the 400 minutes a week or you're a marathon runner once a week, it still does not counteract you sitting 15 hours a day. Oh, wow. You, yes, I know. It's So you have to get up and walk around or at least have one of the right. standing desks yes. or whatever you can do? For sure have one of the standing desks. I noticed here at the Wondery Studio, people are standing it's at the their thing. desks out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it's the All thing. the kids have standing desks. Yeah. Now. So they say, you know, set the alarm on your watch or your, your phone, get you up once an hour to get wandering around, walking around, go for a walk at lunch. You want to be standing up, get in the habit of standing up when you take your phone calls, which I try yes. to do now. And, you know, when you answer your emails or something that's an easy task to do, go ahead and stand up and do that because the exercise does not replace it. That mm. was surprising to me. Okay. S- see, my problem working at home is when I stand up, I usually then walk into the kitchen. Which- <laughs> and open the refrigerator yeah. door. Which is the plumping in other parts of the body. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I have to stand up but not stand up in front of the refrigerator. Yeah. Like that's the key. But okay. I thought this was pretty easy. Okay. Good tip. I mean, standing up. We can seems like something you should do. Give it a whirl. Okay. Well, you know, uh, the health and wellness program here at Satellite Sisters is called Operation Sea Turtle. And in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group now every week, I post a little recap of how I'm doing on my Operation Sea Turtle. And many of you are participating in that and posting your own pep talks and suggestions and things you're doing that work. You look confused, Leanne. No, no. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm So I just, there was one thing in this week's... um, post that I put in that I just want to say again, because here it is, April 17th, it's tax day. You know, we yeah. got the extra couple of days this year because of when Patriot's Day fell. But I, I had a special shout out to tax preparers uh, on the post this weekend, because there were two women in my water aerobics class on Saturday that are both tax preparers. Oh. And they were commenting that it's the first time they had gotten any exercise in weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was impressed they had even gotten out to do that on like the 14th when they still had, they were strategizing how they were going to get through the next few days. So to everyone out there that has that kind of job where you have this crunch time and you're probably sitting 15, 18, 20 hours a day, Good luck. We're glad the 17th is here. We hope you can get out from under now. It's especially true to Diane Gray, our satellite yes. sister's accountant. She emailed me at 4.30 this morning. Oh, Diane. Her, yeah. so You're the that, best. Yeah. So I don't know if she was up all night or up super early. But, uh, yeah, that was quite a timestamp on the email.
Yep. So in the Facebook group, I asked people, like, what do you do when you're in some kind of work crunch time mm-hmm. or just where your life is feeling out of control? How do you get some healthy habits in? And one of the ones I want to mention, the uh, one of the answers came from AJ, and it's a long answer about what she's involved in, and it's, you know, you should read it about like her local school board, and she's very busy. Anyway, but she ends by saying, so tomorrow is another day when I can start o- over with my intentions. You know that feeling. Yep. And instead of 10 minutes of meditation, I can do five. Or instead of 40 minutes of yoga, I can do eight. And I have realized that fresh food will not be consumed in my house until these evening meetings cease. And there's nothing wrong with canned or frozen veggies for a season. So I just, I liked that. Yeah. Because she's just, she's doing the best she can for now. And you're right. It doesn't have to be 40 minutes of anything. If you can do 10 minutes of anything... As Leanne just said, if you just stand up, stand Angel, up. just stand up, then we're all going to be up. better off. So thanks, everyone, for posting. There are a lot of good a lot of good suggestions here. A lot of people, like, trying all kinds of new things. I'm just scrolling through this. Mary, Mary raced in her first ever, as an adult, 200-yard butterfly race, Leanne. Oh, that's 200 exciting. yards of butterfly. Yeah, that's exhausting. That's, that's eight laps. And yeah. she did this as a New Year's resolution Wine was involved, she okay. notes, I guess, in making. <laughs> I, I assume you mean when you made the resolution, Mary, not when you actually swam the eight laps. But Butterfly, that was Sheila Dolan's stroke. That's a tough one. Yeah. So good for you. Anyway, thanks, get everyone. Get yourself a keg, Mary. <laughs> you get a personal growler. <laughs> now, now that your race is over. Yeah, growler for you. You can put your time. You can engrave your time on that growler. Oh, anyway. oh, one last thing, just for entertainment's sake, um, a favorite story in today's New York Times by a longtime friend of Satellite Sisters. She has even appeared on Satellite Sisters. Laura Holson writes for the New York Times. Here's the headline, Leanne. The vending machine that spits out short stories. Oh. Now, doesn't that sound like a good idea? So there's this French company. Of course, it's French. French company called Short Edition, which is setting up these kiosks all over. And it spits out a little short story that you can just read. So the idea is, let me see, it's like you go up. Here's how the dispenser works. It's shaped like a cylinder with three buttons on top indicating one minute, three minute, or five minute story. That's how long it takes to read. And you push the button, and the short story is printed. It unfurls on a long strip of paper, and it's free. Oh, it's free. It's free. Oh, that's Just nice. free short stories. And so there are 30 scattered all over the United States now. There are more coming. There are a few public libraries that have already put them in. Penn State has put one in. Anyway, I just like that idea of, like, short story right. for free in a moment. It's only three minutes. Yeah. So there you go. We'll put this in the show notes. and you Hopefully can... they're paying those writers. Yes, I think it's. I think there's a submission process. They are retrieved from a computer catalog of more than 100,000 original submissions by writers whose work has been evaluated by the judges. Okay, it does not say it does if not they say were paid. They're paying them. Yeah. But offerings can be tailored to specific interests, children's fiction, romance, even holiday-themed tales. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you can read the whole story in our show notes. Uh, <laughs> Um, story by Laura Holson in today's paper. All okay, right. There you go. So, wow, what a full show. I know. It's a good thing Julie wasn't here. She wouldn't have been able to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> we had so much stuff to talk about. No, no Julie, name, we missed no you. No name yet? No name yet? Did There's been anything? no text message coming in from Julie about the name of her new granddaughter. But okay. um, So I'm sure she'll announce it online or you'll get it here uh, next week. Right. <laughs>
Get it when you get it, people. <laughs> Free podcast. <laughs> okay, we're, we're good gonna, to go. Well, besides the book fair, you got anything going on this week? Oh, no, but I didn't even have time to mention the triumphant gathering of neighbors I hosted Sunday night in my apartment. You know how we've had HOA issues? Yeah. Under the HOA, H-E double hockey sticks yeah. banner that I have. I just decided I would have all the upstairs people over for dinner the other night so that at least we could be friends. Wow, Liz. And it was nice. Wow. We, we had a really nice time. Good so for you. People downstairs are actually suing each other, Leah, over things. Just like upstairs, you're enjoying upstairs, canapes yes, together. Yeah. Well, not exactly canapes. It was takeout Thai. <laughs> I didn't want them to think I had really slaved over a hot stove. I wanted it to be casual. So yeah. a, little, a little Thai takeout for the neighbors. Great. It was very nice. Did you, yeah. You had a good time? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it was good. It's good. <laughs> Just so it's surprised. friendship. Friendship. You know, that's what Satellite Sisters <laughs> is all about. The sound of friendship. You got it, Liz. You got it. All right. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez, our engineer. Thank you uh, for everything you do for us here. We'd like to thank the Wondery Studios on Sunset for having us. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you at the book fair this week, the LA Times Festival of Books. Come on by. And if not, don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.